Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hello and welcome back to another episode today. I'm excited to be here because I want to share with you a few thoughts after starting to work with a new client and beginning with them in the early stages of their process of healing. And whenever I work with couples, they always begin at this early stage of not really knowing how to connect, not really having any trust there, getting into arguments or fights or defensiveness and frustration. My goal is to take couples from the very beginning of the of where they feel stuck all the way through knowing exactly how to get unstuck how to connect with one another how to feel security in the relationship how to rebuild trust how to repair any damage that's happened from the past and knowing how to avoid arguments and really spend time together building the relationship and deepening their connection instead of just fighting or avoiding each other One of the most important and helpful things when couples are earlier in their process, or I guess really at any stage of the process, but it's important that they learn this early on, is how to see the dynamics between both people. How do they interact? Why do they interact in the way that they do? Because every couple has a negative cycle. Everybody gets stuck. But if we know exactly why we're getting stuck, and if we know what to do about it, then we can... And there's a researcher, his name is John Gottman. He's like, I don't know, he's like such a pioneer when it comes to doing research on relationships. He's been literally doing it for like 20 years or more now. He talks about that the mark of a healthy couple is not that they don't get into fights. The mark of a healthy couple is that when they do get into disagreements, when they do disconnect from one another, they know how to reconnect. They know how to repair and how to get back together feeling close and having a resolution and feeling like there's closure. And so I think that's encouraging to know because there's really like, there's no way anytime I work with a couple, I'll often reiterate that idea that there's no way to not get disconnected because so often it's unintentional. So the goal isn't to never get off course. The goal is to just know how to get back together, know how to get back on course when you recognize that you're off. One of the most helpful things I can share with you right now, just after working with this new couple and seeing where they're starting and just this idea of me sharing this idea of how to see these interactions between one another. One of the most helpful things to keep in mind when uh, to be able to help you get out of these negative cycles is recognizing why we get stuck in the first place. And so as I work with couples, as I work with individuals, I look at their situation through what we call an attachment lens. So I I started wearing glasses a few months ago. And so there's these lenses on the glasses that sharpen everything. And so the same thing is true when you're doing counseling with somebody. The therapist has a way of looking at a situation that then influences how they make decisions and what interventions to do and things that they're paying attention to and what they're looking for. This is true for everybody. We all have a lens. We all have things that we're paying attention to, things that we're noticing. And usually these lenses are unconscious. We're not paying attention to them because they're just like, that's our worldview. And so this is such a critical thing to examine because recognizing how you're viewing a situation helps you understand why you feel the way that you do. So let me give you some more specifics. 
So way that the, the way that I start to look at things, this like I went to a training about 11 years ago that literally changed not only my career but changed how I see the world and how I see relationships and other people in general. And so this training was all about helping people understand that the fundamental core of a relationship is our desire to connect with one another. We want to have this secure attachment is what they call it. And a secure attachment is when we feel safe in a relationship, when we feel seen, when we feel loved, for there to be trust. There's this bond and connection that's there. That's like what we describe as a secure connection or having a strong, like a secure attachment with the other person. So knowing that this is at the core of our relationships and the reason why we get together with people is to find this secure attachment, is to create a meaningful relationship which is on the foundation of, again, a secure connection. When things get disconnected, that's the reason why we get disconnected from our, our spouse or our, our friends or our family members or our, you know whoever it is, is because this there's this breakdown in attachment. Or in other words, there's a disconnection and we start to feel uncertain or feel uncertain at least in the moment or don't have a feeling of love, don't have a feeling of being important to the other person, don't have a feeling of trust. There isn't that security there. When attachment and connection is undermined in a relationship through an interaction, that's the reason why we start to struggle because when we get disconnected, it activates this protection response in us. It's fight or flight. And so we get disconnected and then we start to get upset or critical or defensive or withdraw. Or we have some way of responding to how we feel, which usually triggers our spouse. So if I get defensive, that's going to trigger my wife to get upset or shut down because she doesn't want to fight or or. Uh, you know, her responses will trigger me, just as is true for everybody else. It's absolutely critical that we see our interactions with our spouse through an attachment lens for two reasons. Number one, it helps us to get clear about why we're struggling in the first place. And number two, it helps us to know what to do to make it better. And so there's a couple different ways to look at this. So I'm a huge proponent of attachment and, and connection. We have so much research on the reality of this is how we work as human beings. And so as I work with couples, again, this approach has literally changed my career and it helps couples improve and heal exponentially faster because we're targeting the core of why they're struggling. Now, the other way, the traditional way of looking at these interactions between husband and wife, or specifically looking at the husband when he's struggling with an addiction Traditionally, it's seen in more of a negative light. He's usually seen as the problem. He's the bad guy. This is his fault. He needs to, like, there's something wrong with him. He's the quote-unquote addict. So he's, he's viewed in a very negative light. And I think this has a tremendously negative effect, not only on him, but on her and the way that the relationship progresses. And so I want to share with you this example and help to, again, give you a few examples of how you can apply this because this one way of looking at your relationship will change how you feel 
which then gives you new tools and options to know how to recover or uh, restore the relationship and getting that back into a better place. So I was working with somebody where they had done some previous work with a different person. And so they had been taught more of this traditional way. And she viewed her husband more as this bad guy, somebody that she needs to protect himself from, uh, somebody who's uh, in quote-unquote addict mode. And he gets defensive, and she says he manipulates him. And all of this kind of is looked at through the lens of he's the bad guy, he's the problem. And so as she starts to tell me some of the things, she says, you know, my husband manipulates me. And I say, okay, well, that's a label. Manipulation is a label. So what specific actions is he doing that makes you feel manipulated? So I want to get away from the label when I work with people. Because the label, there is these negative connotations that go with these words. And they don't accurately capture what's going on as much as getting clear about what's the action What are the decisions that are being made? What are the things that are being said? What is the specific approach? So that's what I asked her. I said, well, what actions specifically is he doing that leads you to feel like you're being manipulated? And she gave me an example about how when she's, one of the things that she had talked about previously was how important it is that she doesn't feel alone. She wants to get his help with the kids, with household stuff. She wants to feel like he's her partner. And so that togetherness is very important for her. And so she shared an example about how when she'd be working on some project at the house, her husband would approach and say, hey, can I help you? Let me help you with that. You're, oh, you're on a ladder. Okay, I want to make sure you don't fall. Let me come over there and stabilize the ladder or let me take over and do this thing for you. And she would say, no, like I got it. I'm okay. I can handle this. And then he would be more persistent and insist that he helps her and says, no, please, like this is me trying to connect with you. I'm doing this because I want to help. Please let me just help you right now. And he would be very persistent. And she would start to feel uncomfortable and feel like he was manipulating her because he would be so persistent about saying, yes, let me help you. Even though she said, no, don't worry about it. I've got this. And so she said that, that that's what she describes as manipulation. And so I said, okay, that's super important that we get clear about what actions are happening. Because the thing that I described was, I would use a different word for that. I wouldn't describe that as manipulation. And again, it's because I see it through a different lens. And this is the point of the whole podcast today is to help you see through an attachment lens to help you see the situation differently. Because if you can interpret the situation differently, you're going to feel differently. And so I said, I would use a different word for that. I wouldn't say manipulation. I would say, again, looking through the attachment lens, that's his way of trying to connect with you. He's trying to be there and honor your request of getting help. And he's trying to demonstrate that he cares about you by being persistent and insisting that he steps in and supports you. Manipulation has this connotation. In order for somebody to manipulate the other person, there's usually an ulterior motive. There's usually some harmful effect. Like it's, there, It comes from a harmful place. There's a negative intention. And that wasn't at all what was going on. It was coming from the opposite for him. He was trying to connect. He wanted to, to show her that he was listening. 
that he was responding to her needs and it was coming from that place. So I said, I would use a different word. I wouldn't say manipulation at all. Seeing it through this different lens helps you see this is his attempt at trying to support you. Now we can start from there and have a different conversation because if that attempt isn't actually having the effect that he wants, which is to support her, then we can just change the approach. But if we see him as this bad guy and somebody who's a manipulator and somebody who has these ulterior motives, now we can't really have a conversation because she's going to say to herself, I need to just distance. I need to protect myself from him. He's the problem. He's hurting me. I need to go away from him. Which again furthers the disconnection that they each feel from one another. So seeing it through this attachment lens gives you new ways of looking at it, which again gives you new options for how to approach it. And this is not to say that manipulation doesn't occur because of course it does. Of course there are like negative things that happen in a relationship, but viewing it from an attachment lens can help open up more options and it will help to clarify and avoid mislabeling situations. The other two examples I want to share quickly. I started working with another couple who's new in the process and she described their cycle to me as she would get frustrated because it didn't feel like her husband was listening to her. And the more frustrated she'd get, the more angry she'd get, the more defensive he would respond. And that defensiveness she would perceive as a lack of care. She would perceive that as being unimportant and she would also describe her walking away from the conversations feeling unworthy and so it brought up a lot of her own childhoods her own childhood trauma because she had been through a very difficult time and she described how she did not feel like anybody in her past had her back and so now when her husband gets defensive and reacts in that type of way it reignited that same old wound of my husband doesn't care. See, nobody cares. Nobody has cared. He doesn't care now. I'm on my own. I need to protect myself. And again, it activated this fight or flight response for her. And for her, it was the fight. She was fighting for connection. She was fighting to be important to him. She was fighting to be seen. So this energy would come out, but it would come out in the form of anger. And so as we look at this through this new lens, instead of it being this sense of, instead of it being looked at through, he's defensive, he doesn't care, she doesn't matter to him, he's not paying attention to her, looking at it through a different way can help illuminate what's going on truly underneath the surface. And for him, when I asked him, hey, what's going on for you? When she's describing all of this, she gets upset, she gets angry, but really underneath the anger is a, is a longing to feel seen What's happening for you when you see the anger? And he said, I get really defensive, but really what's going on underneath the surface is that it brings up this fear in me that I'm failing her and that I'm not good enough. And that's scary for me because the more inadequate I feel, the more afraid I get that she's going to leave me. And that's the last thing that I want is for me to lose somebody who's so important. And so I defend and I explain and I try to tell her and use logic and reason to rationalize what I'm doing and why I'm doing it so she can see that I'm not some bad guy. So she can see that I'm not 
inadequate or unworthy because I don't want her to get that impression, which ultimately, again, my fear is that she'll leave me. That is such a different explanation. That is such a different understanding about why he gets defensive. Completely different. Like they could not be more polar opposite. She walks away with the message, he doesn't care. But really what he's feeling under the defensiveness is fear and inadequacy and a fear of losing the relationship. Again, looking at the defensiveness through this attachment lens, it helps to reveal what might be going on underneath it. Because all behavior makes sense when we look at it through this lens. And sometimes we just make mistakes, right? Sometimes we just lose our temper and we we have bad days and all of that. Like that's normal. That's fine. We just want to be able to repair when that happens. But when we get stuck in our negative cycles and we find ourselves repeating these behaviors, behavior and emotion makes sense when you look at it through this lens. So often people describe, well, you know, he or she does this thing and it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And her emotions get really high and things escalate very quickly and it doesn't make sense why she's doing this. Well, if you don't look at it through an attachment lens, it's not going to make sense. But looking at it through this way of seeing it, you're going to better understand, okay, it makes sense why he gets defensive because he's trying to explain and justify what he's doing so you don't see him as a failure. And so this is how these cycles get stuck. He reacts like this. She sees it in this negative way of, or this, not, I don't know if I even use the word negative. She sees it in this way that, that causes pain for her. Inaccurate, that's the word that I'll use. She sees it or misperceives it because it really isn't a reflection of him not caring. It's, it's actually the opposite. He cares so much to not lose her that he's going to try to justify and rationalize and explain and defend so it doesn't reflect on him as like, well, he's, he's a screw-up, and if he's a screw-up, then she might not want to stay. The last example that I'll give quickly is her responses, right? When women go through this uh, process of discovering their husband's addiction, it creates a traumatic effect inside for them. It creates these symptoms that mirror PTSD, anger, rage, intrusive thoughts, inability to focus, depression, uh, all sorts of these responses that won't really make sense for him if he doesn't know why. And so he'll perceive these traumatic responses, again, just to list a few more, hypervigilance, inability to trust, Um, shutting down and avoiding, numbing out, disconnecting. Those are all very normal responses to trauma. And when she discovers that her husband struggles with an addiction, that ruptures or creates a disconnect in that connection that she feels. It breaches that attachment, that secure attachment, because something or someone else is coming in between him and her, which is a threat to the relationship. And so she responds in a fight or flight way. And if he doesn't understand what's going on and doesn't see it through this attachment lens, he's just going to think she's way overreacting. What's her problem? I can't believe she's freaking out about this. I All I did was, again, let's maybe use an example. She has her, I have my phone in my hand. She comes into the room. I just put my phone down and she loses it. What's her problem? Why is she overreacting? He's not going to understand that 
when he puts her phone down, let's just say in this example, there's plenty, there's tons of examples we could use, but when he puts her phone down, I'm sorry, when he puts his phone down and she sees that, it sends a message of, is he hiding something? Is he falling back into old patterns? Do I need to protect myself? Am I safe? Can I trust him? All of these fears come flooding forward because she doesn't want to lose him to the addiction again. She wants to have security in the relationship. And in that moment, it that action is perceived through this lens. It, it, it's perceived as I'm, I'm scared. Maybe I can't trust. Therefore, I need to protect myself. So there then is the quote unquote overreaction because it activates this fight or flight response. The reality is, again, when you look at it through this new lens, you can very easily see that this reaction of anger or accusation or um, blaming or, or rage comes from a place of fear. She's not crazy. And it's not just that she's overreacting and it doesn't make sense and what's her problem. It's, no, this makes perfect sense that when somebody is terrified of being hurt and when somebody is terrified of having something come between her and somebody who's important to her, her husband, when something or someone comes between that, it creates, of course, a very uncertain feeling inside of her, which again undermines the connection that she feels. And so the goal isn't to label her as borderline or somebody who's just like this, who's crazy and overreacts all the time. The goal is to get underneath that and get clear about what is going on underneath the surface because then we can work with those feelings when we approach it in a different way. So how do you apply all this? There's two things. Number one, just the awareness and starting to look at your interactions through this lens will help you. Because if you can start to understand and pay attention to, okay, my husband or wife does this, where could this be coming from? Could this be coming from a fear or sadness, or loss, or inadequacy, or shame. Once you start to see the deeper level and the bigger picture of this, the way that we're reacting to one another through an attachment lens, you then have more options to respond differently. The second thing is to, the second way you can apply this is to simply ask. You can have conversations, and this is where couples really get the healing process. This is where healing can take place is when we have conversations about what's going on underneath our reactions. So if you're not sure, so again, going back to the very first example, if the woman feels manipulated, the way to respond, the you know what we want to do is approach that and say, hey, when you insist that you continue to help me and I say no, this is how I take it. I get scared. I feel like there's this manipulation that's happening and I start to feel uncertain about where we are in the relationship. Is that what's happening for you? Why, why, help me understand why you're insisting that you help me. That then gives him a chance to say, like, I'm sorry, that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm really trying to show you that I'm listening to you. I heard you say how much you need me to be there for you. And so I'm offering my help to you. And when you say no, I want to just be persistent and show you that I'm not just going to give up, that I'm trying my very hardest to be there for you. I'm sorry that it came off like that. That's not my intention. When you have those conversations, you're able to step out of those cycles 
to then ultimately repair, which goes back to what John Gottman talks about, that's the mark of couples who are in a healthy place, that they can have these conversations, they can repair and create closure. And so I would encourage you as you're thinking about things over the next week, even paying attention over the next couple of weeks and just and, and ongoing moving forward, try to look at your own reactions and your partner's or your spouse's reactions through this lens to get a better view of what might actually be going on under the surface. And when you do that and when you're having conversations about that together, that's the thing that's going to help you shift from feeling stuck to opening up more solutions and options to truly reconnect and find your place back in the relationship where it's strong and where you feel like things are okay. This is something that's been tremendously helpful for me when I work with couples. So I hope that as I share this with you, you can start to apply it in your own relationships and find the same level of value that I do and ultimately use it to help strengthen your relationship. So thanks a lot, everybody. I hope, to, I hope that this does help and I'll look forward to speaking with you guys again next week. We'll talk to you then. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.